at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. We're going to talk about uh, Thy Kingdom Come, which is a book we've written uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, It was complimentary to the book Thy Kingdom Come. Uh, Actually, it was complimentary to the book The Covenants of the Gods. Uh, And it was explaining uh, why we had this concept or put out this concept of the covenants of the gods, the contractual nature of government, how we go from a free state under God the Father to a not-so-free state or status under the gods of the world, the fathers of the earth. Jesus said, call no man father upon the earth. Well, all government is based on the law of Patronus, the law of the Father, the law of uh, uh, the state taking the position of the Father. Governments have no power. Governments have no authority except that authority which is granted to them not by God, but by men. God created man. Man created government. That is an altar of his own creation. He constructs that with his words, with his apathy, with his avarice, with his greed, with his love. Whatever it is that he has in him will lead him to create something like himself. If he wishes to devour his neighbor, to eat out the substance of his neighbor, he will create a government that will eat out the substance of his neighbor. If he is selfish, he will create a government that is selfish. Like the Golan of the Kabbalah, the clay monster that is created by uh, uh, the Hebrew mystics that would go around and do his bidding. That's a metaphoric story talking about corporations. Man creates a corporation according to his character, and that corporation is often his government. I mean, men are governed by corporations. If you work for Walmart, a great deal of what you decide to do from day to day, how you work, how you treat people, will depend upon the policies passed down from the creators of Walmart, the owners of Walmart. Someone was telling me a statistic uh, just recently, I don't want to pick on Walmart as if it's the source of all evil in the world, but if you gave like 50 cents away uh, this year, you will have given more money away to charity than the owners of Walmart give away per capita, uh, per the amount of money, the capital that they receive from their huge uh, empire, or retail empire, and trucking empire. They, they're not a very generous lot. Uh, if they don't like it, they just they should do something about it. That, that statistic may be wrong, but evidently there's a lot to it. Uh, a great many of the people working at Walmart have to actually depend on government subsidies to make ends meet because they're paid so poorly. Uh, almost everybody in the United States depends on government subsidies. Uh, people talk about socialism as if it's coming upon us. Well, in truth, socialism isn't coming upon you. <laughs> it's been here for a 100 years. Public schools are a socialist program. That's what public schools are. You force your neighbor to pay for that school. 
Now you say, oh, but we need education. Well, yeah, I didn't say it was a bad idea, but are you telling me that the means justifies the ends? Would we be a better society, a stronger society, if all education was paid for by free will offerings? God said so. That's why God has always set up governments dependent upon free will offerings. That's right. He's always set up governments. When you have a prophet of God, he is setting up a government based on free will offerings. Moses did it. Abraham did it. Jesus Christ did it. Someone on one of our groups last night was saying that, uh, was talking like God never instituted a church. I mean, what are you doing on his holy church uh, network? <laughs> you don't think God instituted a church. Uh, and he bases this, at least in the little argument that he made there, on the fact that uh, um, Wycliffe didn't use the word church. Well, actually, Wycliffe did use the word church, eh? Uh, and others did too. It's just a translation. It may not be the best translation. It's translated from the word ecclesia. So uh, it's very uh, important to understand the principles behind these concepts rather simply than the words themselves. Uh, we have to take a look at what God is trying to tell us what the prophets are trying to tell us, what they're trying to do. And in this uh, book, Thy Kingdom Come, we take you on a journey that is different than almost any other minister or pastor has been taking people. But, of course, the ministers and pastors you've had for the last 100 years uh, in general... I don't want to put them all in one single lump sum. They've had their altar calls, and they have their big rallies, 10,000, 20,000, 100,000 people. They have their big churches there, their big screen TVs. They're huge events where everybody gets all excited that they're going to be saved. But the reality is they're actually back in bondage. They're back in the bondage of, of Egypt. And it's worse than it was in Egypt. In Egypt, you only had to pay 20% of everything you earned to the government. And they called it bondage. <laughs> in America, in Israel itself, Israel has like 75% tax <laughs> on the people by the time you count it all. They, have a, uh, they, have, they don't even have clad coin. They just have iron coin. Uh, the people are in debt up to their ears. They have uh, forced... Uh, conscription of both men and women. All that, when David did that, it was a sin. But now, when the Zionists do it in, in Israel, uh, it's, it's good. <laughs> well, uh, when we were in bondage in Egypt, that was bad. God took us out, said never go back there again. But the church supposedly established by Jesus Christ says it's okay to be in the bondage today. As a matter of fact, you want to be in bondage to men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. That's the government. We're just the church. No, Jesus appointed a church, an ecclesia, to be the government. But to be the government that does not exercise authority one over the other. We're to be the government that is your benefactor through Christ. We are to be supplying all the social welfare needs of your society so that you remain free souls under God. But the church isn't doing that. And the few people that are trying to come out of the church, they've got such a bad taste in their mouth because of the church, they say, oh, there was no church. And then they go off and they live in their little house somewhere in the middle of nowhere where they're far from everybody else, and they get by because they're young and and things aren't so bad in the country. And so they say, God is good. He is blessing us because we are in the kingdom. But we don't need a church. Well, you don't need a church, but maybe somebody else needs a church because somebody else, somewhere else, is seeking to be in the kingdom. And they're having a hard time. And you're not there for them. As a matter of fact, you don't even know where they are. You don't even know who they are. You know a couple of people. But you lose track of people all the time that you once knew, and you don't know what they're doing. They're not in any kind of a network. You're not connected with them. You know, people you knew 10 years ago, they could be dead now. 
they could they have could have suffered under all kinds of calamities and you wouldn't know but you think god is good because you don't see anything bad happening but you don't see anything bad happening because you're hiding in the woods the fact is is we have a responsibility we were appointed to love one another and it is not loving one another to close your eyes and to hide so that you don't even know what one another is doing people are worried about uh, oh uh, someone a minister talked about being worried about the fact that they're going to be cutting off the heads of the saints because of the revelation quote you know i looked at that now, I'm not I'm not convinced what that says yet. I know what they translated as, but I'm not interested in what translators say the apostles meant. I'm interested in what the apostles meant. And so I go back and I look at the original Greek or the the earliest Greeks that we have, the Greek text that we have have. Even gone back and looked at some of the fragments uh, that seem to be a little bit different uh than what we have uh, in the text that's been passed down. There's several texts, and they don't all agree. So everybody says, well, the Bible is infallible. Well, which one? Uh, the translations certainly, certainly aren't the same. There's lots of different ones than that. I use the King James, but that is not the only uh, uh, end-all. I know a lot of people want to say this is the King James is it. I don't know how in the world anybody could think that King James is it based on who King James was and how he hired 50 paid scholars. Now, I think those scholars, for the most part, worked really hard based on what they already knew, but they were already victims of 500 years of persecution of anybody who said anything other than the official uh, party line. You know, millions of people had been murdered because they didn't go along with this new brand of Christianity being born around 900, 1000 A.D., a thousand years after the fall of Jerusalem. It seemed like the devil had been unchanged. See, everybody says there was a postponement and the clock stopped uh, because there was this because the Jews didn't accept Christ. Well, thousands accepted Christ. That, that is such a goofy argument. I can't even hardly want to spend any time addressing it clock didn't stop god wasn't taken off guard jews did accept christ thousands of them became a part of uh christ's kingdom were cast out of the kingdom of the pharisees and returned to the ways of christ the ways of the prophets the ways of moses the ways of abraham the ways of god thousands thousands all over the known world god was not taken off guard there's no clock stopped but for a thousand years, governments that wanted to exercise authority one over the other disappeared off the face of the earth. I mean, Rome was still around, but it was shrinking massively into an isolated little enclave that uh, really had very little effect. Uh, there was still legions in different parts of the world. They still tried to invade up into Germany. You know, under Marcus Aurelius, they still were uh, occupying in parts of England, but they were pretty much stopped at the borders of Ireland and Scotland and, and much of Wales. And their influence in England was not as overpowering as it might have been in Rome and the Roman proper, but Rome fell in decay. They climbed the fall of the Roman Empire. They did all the things the United States and most countries are doing today, including iron coin, <laughs> which brought about runaway inflation, starvation, economic depressions, uh, which uh, brought plagues because uh, sanitation uh, and benefits of the government began to fall into decay. But Christians had another scheme. They had another plan. They had another way in which to deal with the problems of life. It was a vast network of people who cared about one another. And they had came together. Somebody recently said on one of our uh, uh, groups that uh, they had listened to the radio broadcast for about half an hour or so, and then they, they shut off because all I talked about how important it is to come together, but they didn't know why. Well, by the time you know why it's important to come together, it'll probably be too late to come together if you don't spend time on it now. Now, I admit that many people will figure this out during hard times. That's the way it always has worked. They'll just figure this out during hard times. 
and uh, they uh, they may survive that. Right now, what we really are looking for, and you probably don't know whether you're one of these or not. Uh, some of you may have an idea, but you really think you are one of these. You might not be. And if you don't think you're one of these, uh, but you're still interested, you might be one of these. And what I'm saying by one of these is the ministers of God's church, the real ministers of God's church, not the church that delivers you into bondage, but the real ministers of God's church that lead you in the path of the perfect law of liberty. Uh, you have to be one of these people that care about others, even jerks even fools, even idiots. You care about them. You don't want to license their foolishness, but so you give them a hard time from time to time. You don't baby or model coddle them. You do that tough love thing. But you may be one of those ministers because you're beginning to see something that others didn't see. You see, when Moses called the people out of the Walden camp and the Golden Calf and the centralized bank that they were creating that was bringing them back into the bondage of Egypt, uh, only certain people could hear that call and have the courage to step forward to take up the responsibilities of that call. That was the ecclesia in the wilderness. That was the church in the wilderness, the called out in the wilderness. Just as the bondservants of Christ, the apostles and bondservants of Christ, the little flock, not the, the whole congregation of people seeking the kingdom, but the little flock who could get more of the message, understand more of the message, uh, was coming into a different reality, a different understanding of what the kingdom is all about. And that is very important for you to uh, comprehend, is that there was some that were given extra understanding. They're not better. They're not more important. Uh, they just have a job to do. And that was the ecclesia that called out. And that's why he talks about the little flock. He, they ask, why don't you tell them more than just parables and, and give them this uh, mild advice that we see in the Bible? Evidently, there was deeper instruction that the apostles were receiving that we just don't hear about in the biblical text. And those instructions, they, they asked him, why don't you give those instructions? And he says, it's given unto you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, given unto them. In other words, there was a group. Now, they weren't an elite group. They weren't a group that was going to exercise authority over you. They were a group that had service in mind. Now, they are a mixed lot, too, because some of the apostles, right up to the time of the crucifixion, were arguing over who was going to sit in higher positions in positions of authority in the kingdom. And uh, they didn't get it yet. That the kingdom is not based on exercising authority over men, but by about setting men free. And you set them free by service. Well, what is the services of the church? What would ministers of the church be doing? What, what would we expect to see from those ministers of the church? Uh, are we expecting to see them... Uh, up there in fancy robes uh, with little incense things? Uh, are they going to be coming down the aisle and sprinkling you with holy water? Or are they going to be uh, uh, up there conducting choir practice to get everybody to sing at, at the right time? Uh, what, what, what did Jesus say? I want you guys to conduct choir. I want you guys to uh, uh, blow smoke in uh, crystal cathedrals. And uh, I want you guys to sit up there for an hour every Sunday and talk people uh, and make, make them feel good, uh, make them feel like they're saved. Uh, and then meanwhile, in the background, I want you to uh, don't warn them about making covenants with men who don't believe in the perfect law of liberty. Uh, don't warn them about men who will exercise authority. Don't warn them about uh, voting for leaders like uh, Samuel warned the people. 
knowing that if you vote for leaders who can exercise authority, they will take your sons and daughters, the first fruits of your labor. They will appoint men over you to rule over you. They will make their instruments of war, and they will take your sons to run before their chariots and put them in harm's way. Now, Samuel warned people, but ministers, most of them from the pulpit, are telling you to sign up your kids. Uh, sell out your kids, give up their inheritance, uh, don't let them become free people under God, make them uh, subjects under governments that exercise authority one over the other. Many of you might find it interesting to go on uh, YouTube and look for our Tea Party uh, video. And I'm not against the Tea Party folks uh, at all, but some of the rhetoric that has come out of the Tea Party movement is leading you down a bad path and you got to know how to distinguish one set of rhetoric uh, that is leading you into trouble from the other because they both will come on very strong with great swelling words promising you liberty but one group or one type of ideas that are coming in these movements will actually deliver you more into bondage and uh, and our Tea Party uh, video addresses that, I think, rather well. I mean, I could go into it in a great deal more detail. But uh, you would be amazed at how many people saw a video about uh, the Tea Party that was put out. Uh, millions of people watched it. And how many people watched that and thought, oh, this is great, this is wonderful, this is, this is what we need. This is what we, and they, they passed it around even to me. Uh, thinking this is great, and I thought, didn't you guys even hear what this man is saying? And they didn't, because it was all packaged in patriotic, great swelling words, and it was seducing you into a very dangerous status and relationship with government. And you didn't have ministers who would tell you, well, we'll tell you. And that's why we put up the video to tell you. And if you learn anything from the video, if you learn anything from these radio programs, if you understand something more at the end of these programs than you did at the beginning, then you need to tell other people. You need to lead other people to this because if you just learn and do nothing but sit there and listen and learn and think, cool, I know something somebody else doesn't know, and you don't pass it on to somebody else, then you haven't learned what we're talking about because you haven't learned what Christ is talking about. And you don't know Christ, and you're probably not saved. Now, see, most ministers want to tell you you are saved. You know, I can't tell you you are saved. I don't know if you are saved. You tell me you're saved, I still don't know if you're saved. You could be a liar. You could lie to yourself. You could be deceived. We know a great delusion is coming or already here. So don't assume you're saved take a look at what Christ said to actually do. And if you're not doing that, you better start doing that. If you can't do that, you better find out why you can't do that, because that's what's keeping you from salvation. That's what's keeping you from being saved, because you're not a doer of the word. You just say, Lord, Lord. How many people sing in their churches that Christ is their king? That he's Lord. While Every other day of the week, they're making somebody else their Lord. I guess there was a State of Union address just recently. I didn't get to hear it, but I keep hearing about it from other people. And somebody said that somewhere in the speech, he said something about getting up every morning just like everybody else. And I thought, well, he doesn't get up like I do. Because when I get up in the morning, I have no inclination to rule the world. So anybody who's getting up in the morning thinks they're going to rule the world uh, or at least a large portion of it, uh, they have a different intent. They have a different way of thinking. They have a different motivation, and they have a different spirit. So back to what we were talking about at the beginning. What government have you been party to creating? Have you been establishing the kingdom of God? Have you been setting your neighbor free? Or have you been bringing your neighbor under bondage? Have you been praying to benefactors who exercise authority? And we'll tell you why that's so dangerous when we return to Keys of the Kingdom.
first on FirstAmendmentRadio.com and First.net, around the world and on satellite. Since the beginning of time, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, it has been traded, it has been borrowed, it has been purchased, it has been stolen, there's a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188 or visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom and regular guest, world-renowned economist Robert Chapman, right here on FirstAmendmentRadio.com at 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, 1-800-375-4188. If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or... War of Federal Aggression. John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Past Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free, or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War of Federal Aggression. Get this DVD presentation for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Call 559-781-3773. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at FirstAmendmentRadio.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD weekly of all of our programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you may request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $25. Or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You may do all of this online at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. You may also adopt an hour of your favorite program. Please don't forget that most of the programs on FirstAmendmentRadio.com are listener-supported. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773 and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. So why do you pray to... uh Oh, before we do that, we'll get a couple of announcements in here. Uh, I'm going to be in Vail, Oregon uh, today and tomorrow. Uh, there's people coming from Idaho and maybe from Washington and Oregon. I'm not sure how many places they might be coming from. And we're going to be meeting there. You can only found, find out about the meeting if you're on the network. Uh, and that would be you'd be joining up under the Oregon uh, network, which includes Idaho and Montana and in Washington right now, and as those states become more independent, we will break them off, and eventually every state will have its own contact ministers, its own network, and uh, we'll be gathering together. Texas is the uh, leader out front. Uh, They have more contact ministers than any other single state. Uh, They're putting together more groups than any other uh, single state. There are uh, ministries of record in other states, but uh, this network thing is something we should have started 10 years ago. Uh, I could see the need for it, but uh, we we had a great deal of men who wanted to posture and postulate uh, and uh, instead of actually work on the kingdom. And it's uh, very interesting that when we started the network and the way we have it constructed, some people think it's complicated, but like I say, the... If housewives in Ohio can figure it out, anybody can figure it out uh, or should be able to. It's pretty simple. You join a local group that would be uh, covering the state that you live in. Uh, there's only a couple dozen or almost uh, you know, 20 uh, groups 
out there. There's 50 states, so several states are uh, bundled up. There's not a lot of people in Nevada, but so Nevada and California are together. Um, but we we will break them off as more and more people get on each group. We don't like uh, too many people on one group because then uh, people will be neglected. But the way it works is that once you're on that group, you can post to it, tell people who you are, ask who is the contact minister on that group, if they're, or ask who wants to be a contact minister on that group for you. Get to know them. Give them a call by phone. Don't just stay on the net. We're not plugging into terminals. We're plugging into people. So you find somebody on that group that you trust, somebody who wants to volunteer to be a contact minister, no big job, and you elect them with filling out a little form that automatically subscribes you to the Living uh, Network newsletter. And it will put, if once he gets two votes, uh, two witnesses that think that he's worthy of being a contact minister, he will be put on a group with other contact ministers where he can converse with them and work out things. So he'll be connected all over the country. Now, how does that work? How is that valuable to you? Well, if you're traveling, uh, you might, you could join AAA or you can join his church. Because if you have trouble uh, near Vail, Oregon, I know people in Vail, Oregon will probably come down and give you a hand. Uh, I know people in Idaho. I know people in Montana. I know people in Texas, all over the place. Uh, the more the network grows, uh, the better your uh, HC membership is. As it gets bigger and bigger, it will be better than AAA because... I remember once, I, I belonged to AAA at one time, and uh, I never used it. Somebody talked me into buying membership, and I bought membership, and never used it for a long, long time. And finally, there was a terrible uh, hard freeze in uh, Minnesota where I lived, and you couldn't start a car anywhere. I had aluminum pistons in the vehicle that I owned, and it just would not start. And so I called AAA. Normally they'll come out just right away, but not that day. It was like a two-week wait. <laughs> so, well, in two weeks, things had warmed up enough I could start the car. So I didn't really need it, and I dropped that membership. I thought, when things are really bad, they're not going to be there for you. And that's what the network can be. It can be there for you. But we're not interested in just being there for you. We're interested in the people that will also be there for us. So the way the network is created see everybody can join a little email group but you actually have to reach out and get involved you have to participate you have to pick a contact minister or a volunteer to be one and then you have to actually participate by getting to know this person or people that are in that little group not the whole group in Oregon or California but at least the little group that you're because this is all based on geographical location so then you actually have to sometimes drive over to somebody's house and actually meet them, meet their family, get to know them. I don't need to know all the names of their children. I don't need to know the names of their wives. I don't need to know the names of their cousin or their next-door neighbor. I don't even need to know where they live. I just need to know the contact minister, and he knows the other contact ministers, and he knows the people in his group. This is the network. It was used by the French underground. It was used by the Christians during the persecutions. It was used by real Christians during the inquisitions. And it's, it's called the kingdom of God. It's people caring about one another, networking with one another. Now, what are some of the other things that we can do? Well, we're starting the seed bank. Now, the seed bank up in Norway in the side of a mountain with huge giant steel doors and generators and all sorts of supplies and everything, and they're burying these seeds and keeping them in cryogenic suspension for use uh, after some gigantic holocaust. Well, I haven't got the key to that door, folks, and I don't think you've got the key to that door. <laughs> I think maybe some of the benefactors who exercise authority have the key to that door, but chances are it's the men who put them in power who really have the key to that door, and it probably won't do you much good. Right now, there's a huge, vast movement in this country to control seeds. 
Monsanto is one of the major movers in this, but they're not alone in that. And you are on the verge of one of the greatest famines in the history of mankind. 360 million Americans and about 340 million of them will be hungry. And uh, millions will starve to death. And mostly what happens when you have these breakdowns, you don't just starve to death, you die of things like diarrhea and other diseases that will come along and, and finish you off. Uh, in this weakened state because you will not have eaten well for weeks and weeks and weeks. Of course, many of you aren't eating well now with the plenty because you're going and buying your food in the wrong locations. <laughs> but that's another thing that we're working on is working on natural health, uh, natural uh, alternative remedies for uh, illnesses. It's amazing how many alternative remedies that we have discovered that cost you absolutely nothing that we will share with you. We have personal experience with these things, and we share that with the network. If you want to sit and listen on the radio in the privacy of your own house and have us tell you all these mysteries and secrets of good health, uh, I, I don't have the time. Uh, but we share that through the network. Uh, we've got a new book out, The Higher Liberty. Uh, we're sharing that through the network. If you're not on the network, you won't hear about it. If you don't pick a contact minister, there's other things that you won't hear about. If you pick a con, if you're on the group now, if you're on the group now and you haven't heard from your contact ministers two, three times this week, you better pick another contact minister because the contact ministers were given several emails over the last week or so and were shared with them and they should have passed some of those on to you if they haven't. They're not doing their job, and you need to pick another one. I, now, maybe they will do their job, and you can keep them, but I would give them a call and say, how come I haven't heard anything on the network? How, how come you haven't sent anything to me over the last week or two weeks or three weeks? Because if, if they're not sending stuff to you, they're not doing their job, and you need a new contact minister because he's not making contact for you. If he only answers his email once a week, He's not good enough to be your contact minister. It takes somebody who is diligent to help you make contact with others. If there are 30, 40 people on your group in whatever state you're in and you only have one contact minister, you're about three to five to six contact ministers short. Uh, he can't keep track of 30 people, and he probably isn't anyway. Uh, that's not the way it works. It's always worked with tens, hundreds, and thousands, or 12, uh, 24, and 144,000. Uh, that's the way the system, small groups, intimate groups, know each other, connected with each other through their ministers who are connected with each other in small groups also. That's the kingdom of God. The church is the men who actually work to make those connections who actually take time out of their day to make those connections. Now, somebody else had written me this week, and we're covering some of these questions, uh, and he asked about uh, ministers and what they uh, were expected to do. You have to remember the Levite ministers were the ministers of a government. That was a kingdom appointed by God through Moses. That was the kingdom of God that was taken away from the Pharisees because it was not bearing fruit because they had altered the way it works, just like the modern church has altered the way of the early church. And the way the early church worked, the way Moses worked, the way Abraham worked is the same tens, hundreds, and thousands, small groups connected with small groups of ministers congregating together. So nobody knows everybody, but you just tell ten men tonight that there's a problem somewhere. And by morning, the whole nation knows. And all you had to do is contact ten men. That's doable. But if you want to contact me and then have me get a hold of 10,000 men and contact them and explain how this works and tell you who to call and, and where to go and, and figure all this out, I, I don't have the time. I can't do it. Nobody could. It's not efficiently, but a network. It can do. Now, a network isn't any stronger than its weakest link. So we got some weak links. We have some contact ministers that are just learning their ways, and we're patient. 
we're hoping that they get on board and start doing the job. But that's why you need more than one contact minister in each group. So if one, you know, gets sick, uh, has family matters he has to attend to, uh, you know, maybe just isn't quite as good at what needs to be done, you've got others to take up that slack. It's called teamwork. It's the buddy system times ten. And that's what a network is. Now, why do you need a network? Why do you need to become a part of his church network? Well, if you can't figure that out, maybe you shouldn't be. But, like I said, if the bad things happen, don't call me then. Call me now because that tells me that you care about others. If you only call me when you need help, that tells me you care about yourself. Well, hey... I got people like that all over. <laughs> I'm not looking for people who care about themselves. I'm looking for people who care about others as much as themselves. And so was Christ, and so should every minister. And if you want to be a part of that, then, you know, get on the network. So what are some of the other things we can do? Well, uh, we've got proposals for all kinds of things. We, if you, One of the things that our contact ministers need to do is read the material. Uh, this is another problem we've noticed on the network just recently, and since we're addressing all the, these things, uh, uh, is that uh, the people on some of the groups are starting to bait their personal doctrines with other people on the group. Now, if you're doing that for the purposes of getting to know one another, great. If you're doing that for the purpose of postulating your particular beliefs, then I'm saying this is unproductive. Uh, yeah, you should read the material so you get on board. I put the network together. We built it up. The people here that work with me, but very few people, uh, have built the network up based upon the principles that are expressed in the material that is found on the website. Now, if that material is wrong, you read it, let me know where it's wrong and show me where it's wrong. But you better come loaded for bear because we've done our homework. But if you just want to come on without reading any of the material, without investigating what we're all about, and just present your own view, you're on the wrong forums. Because we're not interested in giving you, you know, spending our uh, thousands of dollars putting together a network so that you can have your own personal soapbox. Uh, you go study the material, you find something that you don't agree with, let us know, because we might be wrong about some things. We might, as a matter of fact, how we've learned to explain things, like in the new book, Higher Liberty, is because we put this out and say, what do you guys think? Is this right? Is this wrong? And they'll say, well, I don't get this, or this isn't explained clear. And, and then we go back to the drawing board and work on it. I learn all kinds of things by iron sharpening iron. But if you're just going to come and try to stick a knife in what we're doing because you think what you're doing is better, and you haven't even taken the time to find out what we're doing, then... You know, you need to be better mannered. You need to go home and do your homework and find out what we're talking, what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish. Because we believe we're trying to conform to Christ. Now, if you want us to conform to your doctrine and come onto our forums and 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 give us a hard time, have uh, have a nice day because we won't tolerate that. Right now, we haven't had any trouble having to boot anybody off. But people need to read the material. Now, I know it's a lot. It takes a little bit of time. But we've got some videos up. We've got lots of audios up. You can record them. Uh, yeah, you can order them from us, but uh, we try to put as much up as possible. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're, we've got another website, uh, keysofthekingdom.info. I think it's, it's linked uh, on our website. Uh, and it's putting up more and more recordings, and we'll, we're trying to make them available to help educate you on what all the other ministers have not told you. Because if all the other ministers were telling you the wholeness of the gospel of the kingdom, your nation would not be in bondage. It would not be on the verge of one of the greatest depressions in the history of this country, if not the world. 
it might not be on the verge of the greatest famine in the history of the world where millions will die it would it will not be about to face some of the greatest catastrophes in the history of the world uh unprepared now those catastrophes are coming and i can't stop them you can't stop them uh i wish you could if you had enough faith you'd probably stop them but you can decide what part of the equation you're going to be on because these are going to be the best of times and the worst of times and if you're one of those people that are preparing for yourself have a nice day if you're one of those people that care about others as much as yourself join up with us because that's what we're looking for and you are probably ministerial material not like the ministers in the churches on the corner but the ministers who followed christ they were regular men you notice that that jesus didn't go out and get uh uh simon barjona the uh rabbi he went out and got simon barjona the fisherman and uh, that's the way he operated he he, now some of these men were very interested in understanding the old testament but he did not go out and get very many scholars i mean i think judas iscariot was a scholar uh so that shows you what you got there uh he went out and got common men common folks people who were passionate people who cared um people had problems i mean uh, peter had problems Paul had problems. Uh, uh, Paul, uh, Barnabas, uh, these guys, uh, they butted heads at times. But uh, they had some common interest. In, and that was the kingdom of God. The gospel of the kingdom. For, for Christ's sake, it's the gospel of the kingdom. But you guys think, oh, we got to wait for the kingdom. They weren't waiting at Pentecost. They weren't waiting for... Jesus said, go back to Jerusalem and wait. They waited 10 days. Bam. There they were in the kingdom. Separate from the government of the Pharisees. Doing something completely different. Creating a network so that when Jerusalem fell and Rome fell, they prospered. They had hard times. At times they were persecuted, but most of the persecution was out of envy. Because they were doing okay and everybody else wasn't. So, you know, if you want to keep going and not network and not be a part of what we're trying to do, I'm not going to give you all the specifics of what we could do and what we are doing. I've just given you little hints today uh, because uh, it's not given unto you to know because you haven't reached out to join the network, to be a part for the sake of others. You've only interested in what you can sit at home and receive over the airways without having to actually do anything for anybody else. So, no, I'm not going to tell you some of the secrets of uh, agriculture and farming and uh, animal husbandry and health uh, alternatives that uh, we've learned on the net. Oh, I'll, I'll give you hints now and then, but if you really want to plug into the whole vastness of the network, which isn't as vast right now as I would like. But can you imagine now, if, if you're getting people together that care as much about each other as they do themselves, and you're connecting them all to a network, and you have a problem, do you think we can come up with an answer? Do you think we can come up with a solution? Of course, the real solution is Christ, and I don't believe you'll want to be a part of such a network you want to put in the time and the diligence that is required in such a network uh, unless you have christ in you you'll talk a good story but when it actually comes down to doing the work you'll you'll find some excuse not to be a part of it now it's not that much work his burden is light and uh but if you want to dump it all on a couple of guys well then it gets really heavy and so they'll take up other tactics like uh, the governors of the world, the presidents and the prime ministers of the world. They'll, they'll elect the men that will do their job. They'll put up their central banks. They'll uh, take your first fruits. You know, all the stuff Samuel said, all the stuff that's happening to you right now because you've rejected God and followed false gods and you've listened to uh, ear-tickling ministers who've delivered you back into bondage. So you need to become a part of that network uh, 
to start developing those relationships with individuals who care about other people. That's why you need to network, to find those other people. They say, well, there's hardly anybody on the network. Well, that's your fault. I've been working at it. It it takes teamwork to bring in those other people. It takes a consolidated effort on the part of many people. We have to not just join hands in a two-minute of prayer uh, and, and think that God has heard us so it's all going to happen. We actually have to become doers of the Word. Now, what we do is not going to make it happen. God's going to make it happen. But if he sees us not willing to do, it's kind of like the prodigal son who calls up his dad and he says, Dad, I'm really short of cash. Can you send me some more inheritance uh, while I'm over here in Sin City? Uh, that, didn't, that didn't fly. <laughs> That's not what the parable was. He had to actually stop what he was doing, turn away from what he was doing, and actually start taking steps in the direction of his father and his father's ways willing to come back and serve his father's purposes. And then his father ran out to meet him halfway and, and killed the fatted calf. He didn't. He could have called up a month of Sundays, and his father's not going to send him any more money. <laughs> that was it. Sorry. Tough love. And so it's the same way with your father in heaven. If you didn't know that the kingdom really set men free in spirit and truth. If you didn't know that you were going back into the bondage of Egypt, and that's where you are right now, and you don't know that your leaders will betray you, and when there is real shortages, they will feed their servants, but they will uh, starve their subjects. I mean, like, that's not happened in the past? Go ask a Ukrainian if that isn't the way it works. Go ask the, the thousands, millions of people from Popot on if that isn't the way it works. That's the way it's going to work again because your leaders don't love you because they weren't elected out of love. Uh, they may have been elected out of passion, but they were elected out of selfishness. All socialist states are, are selfish. People vote for who will get them the most benefits even though they know those benefits come because that benefactor will take away from their neighbor. They're absolutely willing to bite, take a bite out of their neighbor, to be in this cauldron and we be the flesh, to bite out of their neighbor, like it says in Micah and, and Jeremiah. It talks about these things. You better start turning around and seeking the kingdom, and I pray that you will quickly. Uh, we'll be back next week with more on Keys of the Kingdom. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.